0: know about workplace charitable giving now that our workplace is at home? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Jen Shaker. Jen is associate professor at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and she is a frequent faculty member of the fundraising school. Jen has many areas of research expertise, including workplace giving. And Jen, as we have now been working from home and um, you know, some folks are back in the office, but many folks are still working remotely or hybrid, sometimes in the office, sometimes not. This obviously has to create churn in this area of workplace giving. What do we know now that because of the pandemic, the workplace has changed? How is that affecting charitable giving?
1: Well, I think we all know personally how much the workplace has changed. Uh, It was already changing right before the pandemic. This was already happening. And in fact, I I have a study that used data from some years ago that we've been working on that already showed that off-site employees were less inclined to give and volunteer through workplace programs than on-site colleagues. So it was already happening before the pandemic, but as we know now, you know, so many more people are at home, right? What was it? One third of people are working from home. So that's a big change for workplace giving and one that workplace fundraisers really have to be thinking about. Um, in fact, we already were preparing for that because there's been a lot of growth in really great online giving platforms for workplace giving, right? Where employers can provide their workplace uh, CSR programs, including volunteering, giving, matching, tracking, all in one platform. So that was already coming. So I think really the the pandemic has amplified the importance of those uh, platforms and really for fundraisers to know and understand those platforms and how they work.
0: And so at the two-year mark of the health pandemic in 2022, only one-third of employees were back in the office full-time, meaning two-thirds were either still working entirely remotely or in some sort of a hybrid situation. And Jen, as we read the business press, we're hearing that working hybrid or working remote is the new signing bonus that employers are saying, we get it, we know you want this remote working arrangement. Uh, And then the survey data that you had even before the pandemic was showing that those employees already were less likely to donate financially and of course, much harder to volunteer if you can volunteer even at all while working remotely. What are some of the data that you're seeing, whether it's industry surveys or things that you're seeing in academic research on what's happening now with workplace charitable giving?
1: Yeah, you know, I was just looking at a couple newish industry studies, which I would recommend that you all look up one by your cause of about 256 companies and their data, uh, and analyze some things about workplace giving in the last couple of years, and then another by Deloitte, which was a survey of something like a thousand plus uh, professionals at different organizations around the country. And so those are out there. You can find them, Google them, and you can see some of the results of those. And I think they had some really interesting findings. People still were giving. Well, just like we found out, you know, when we see Giving USA or the big numbers about giving last year, in the last year or so, people still gave. So, people who gave in the workplace still gave, right? So, they still gave. And uh, even retirees gave. So, you might think, how are retirees still giving? Well, I think it's because some of these platforms allow people to keep their, their accounts, their, their giving accounts. In fact, a lot of them are mini DAFs, mini donor advised funds. So they stay with you. You can keep giving out of them even after you retire or even go to another company. So anyway, people kept giving yet. One thing that I thought was interesting is in the, in the survey of the professionals, young professionals were really giving in that case at a higher rate than older professionals. And so that's kind of exciting because that's been a concern in workplace giving that younger generations of workers are not giving in the same way. They feel differently about being asked to give through work. So that was a promising finding that the younger people were giving. I mean, the retired people were giving too. So uh, another thing I thought was interesting from one of those studies was that small companies small companies tended to have higher rates of giving and volunteerism. And so I think that's really interesting and important for fundraisers to consider is that, you know, we think we might just think big, big companies, lots of employees. But how about thinking of some of the smaller companies in your community? And when I say small, this study was less than a thousand employees. So we're not talking tiny, but if we're talking a gamut. But anyway, let's think about companies that maybe aren't the first that come to the tip of everybody's tongue in your community, but that might really like to partner with your nonprofit in a deep way, right? So so I think there were some really good findings in these studies and some hopeful findings. I mean, to your point earlier, Bill, we really have to think about how do we make these campaigns engaging and meaningful online?
0: Online. And no doubt, Jen, because, you know, hybrid work, remote work inherently means online work. And, and a couple of different times now, you've mentioned these online platforms. Can, can you expand your description of those a little bit, please? Is this kind of an in-house intranet that employers create uh, to you know, channel the uh, you know, charitable donations of their employees? Or are these kind of third-party providers that employers are using? Because, you know, you mentioned people change jobs. They're still using the same platform are retirees. And that's an important finding because retirement has happened uh, twice as fast as normal during the pandemic with folks retiring earlier, maybe in their early 60s instead of their mid to late 60s or even at age 70. So that's an important discovery as well. But can you help our audience understand more about what are these online platforms?
1: So these are third-party providers. So these are companies that provide uh, software um, to other companies, business-to-business solutions, I guess. If you're speaking in business speak, uh, companies that provide platforms that not only give an interface to employees so they can see, oh, look, it's our, it's our United Way campaign, it's our, emerg- our disaster relief campaign, like here's where we are in the, in the goals, here's what our company is prioritizing, or here's all the things that are available to me to give to and then it also provides companies with the back end. So everything they can need to report, this is how much our employees gave this year. These are how many hours that they volunteered. So it's really a front facing to the employee platform and a back facing to the company to help them in their CSR.
0: And so, Jen, as I think about, you know, what is the fundraiser to do with this information? You know, I know that before the pandemic, you know, your research was showing that, you know, some businesses emphasized certain causes and certain nonprofits. Other businesses said, you know, we will match employee donations up to a certain level for just about any nonprofit that the employee chooses. Uh, You know, what's happening now in this online world, you know, through this online giving, does the business kind of designate? Um, You know, here are just a handful of nonprofits that we as a company support within a certain cause, or it's up to the employee to choose. And and quite frankly, do we just maybe not know yet in this, you know, kind of emerging world of online employee giving?
1: I I would say that it runs the gamut. So, you know, from companies emphasizing one philanthropic partner to maybe focusing on several um, to allowing their employees to give really to almost any nonprofit uh, through the platform. So it just is really varies by the company philosophy and approach. I mean, sometimes companies, uh, it's open that employees can give anywhere, but companies match dollars only flow into certain nonprofits or in certain directions. So it's really company by company by company. Um, and so that's, you know, understanding that, being aware of these platforms and how they work. Uh, some of the platforms draw their data from GuideStar. So making sure that your data, you know, is accurate um, in the areas that you can control on some of those types of platforms is important as well. So it, it's open season. It, it's all different at all different kinds of companies. Yeah, I, I can say one other thing. I will say that employees like to have the choice so whatever the company is doing employees like to have a voice right and so i have some research that shows that having a choice is the most important thing and and also in these new studies in the in one of them it also reminds us that that's employees really love having a choice so i think having some kind of choice behooves the company and makes employees feel better than just having one option.
0: And that is a consistent finding from your nationally regarded research on employee workplace giving that we are so thrilled to be able to include in our content here at the fundraising school. And Jen, as I ask you about, you know, what final advice do you have for fundraisers and the nonprofit organizations in which they work? You know, we know from our colleague Dr. Dwight Burlingame and uh, his research on you know the business side of corporate giving, which we have an entire course on here at the Fundraising School, that so much of you know business sector charitable giving and philanthropy is tied into their employees. In fact, when we look at Giving USA every year, about two thirds of the dollars from the corporate sector can be understood in some way as part of employee recruitment, retention and morale and also looking for those volunteer opportunities. The folks at the Gates Foundation saying that, you know, companies collectively set aside about $7 billion a year just for employee matching of their charitable giving. So we know this is a key aspect from the business sector. What advice do you have for fundraisers and nonprofits as we move forward in this new normal instigated by the COVID-19 health pandemic?
1: I really think it's important to as we were talking about before, try to build some local partnerships, right? Think about what really fits with the mission of your nonprofit, right? What companies, and this is straight out of the the corporate philanthropy course too, like where is their kind of interest alignment and mission alignment? And seek some deeper relationships with some of those companies, right? Can you have a more than just workplace giving, can you have a volunteering and engagement program with them? Because back to what you were saying, Bill, companies are really big believers in this, right? So companies have doubled down on this and whether employees are always on board is is another thing, but if you can get employees on board, then companies will double down again, right? So they're listening to their employees and they care about that a lot. So build some relationships. Uh, don't discount smaller organizations. Really think about how do you connect with people in the, in the online environment, right? Like we just like anything, if we can connect and pe- make people familiar or aware, this is also interesting from one of these studies in my research. Sometimes people aren't even aware, familiar, this is happening in their workplace. When you're deeply embedded in it as a fundraiser or as a CSR person, it's easy to forget. You have employees who don't even really realize this is going on. So how do you get creative, bring people in, um, try to be personalized so that you can um, build the awareness, build the trust, right, in your nonprofit? And use these platforms and the technology and all we've learned about connecting with people like this right in the last two years so i'm hopeful so we'll see what happens and i think fundraisers have some really neat opportunities to get creative and um, connect with companies and employees in different ways
0: And we know that you're gonna keep us informed as your research continues, both with your evidence-based findings and also your evidence-informed perspectives that guide fundraisers so well. Uh, As uh, Dr. Jen Shaker serves as the associate professor at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy and a frequent instructor for us as a member of our faculty at the fundraising school. And as you glean from this conversation today, we need to add this to the list. So when we're identifying businesses and corporations, local, state, huge corporations, all ranges, and you know, learning about their charitable giving, learning about their philanthropic strategies, seeing if those are aligned with our public service mission, this then gets added to the list. Hey, how are you intersecting now with your employees in terms of charitable giving and other philanthropic behaviors now that we're in this new reality of hybrid and remote work? won't be the first question you ask, but it should be a question you ask as you continue to cultivate that relationship. This is the type of information that is in our public courses available in person in more and more locations across the continental United States and very widespread online, both recorded and live online courses. Uh, We deliver those through four certificate programs. We have our custom training where we can design courses specifically for you and your nonprofit. We have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, all available on our website, at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash The Fundraising School. Again, thanks to our guest today, Dr. Jen Shaker. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from The Fundraising School.